Star Wars celebration. What's up? Four-day passes are totally sold out. You cannot understand what it feels like to get out there on that stage and to be met with that kind of passion. And it really is a testament to what George Lucas created. never ceases to amaze me. Your support, your enthusiasm, and your passion. Over the years, I've felt such love from you. You're more than just fans. You're family. Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 68 of Blast Points. I think it's safe to say we have celebration fever. Yeah, a little bit. We're days away from celebration, and the reality is starting to, to set in. I, th- I think I, I've got the fear. Yeah, I, I'm constantly uh, putting ice on my head to keep, the, <laughs> to keep my body heat down. <laughs> I've been s- I'm sitting on an ice pack right now. <laughs> I've been sweating more than usual. Which is twice as sweaty. Yeah, which is saying a lot. Our our families are tired of us talking about celebration. <laughs> They're trying to be supportive. So is your suitcase already packed? Yes. Little little stuff still has to go in there, but um, I've obsessively packed it and looked at it and moved stuff around probably about ten times now. I still need to pack because I'm pretty bad at that. But <laughs> I've been thinking about it, which is more than I usually do. So. At least I have an idea of what I'm going to pack when I finally get around to it. I got a special uh, Star Wars socks for every day of celebration. <laughs> I have BB-8 socks. I have, I'm have. i really looking forward to it. I have Finn and Poe Dameron socks. So you're going to wear shorts with the socks? <laughs> no, even though it's going to be, I think, I think the temperature says it's going to be about 4,000 degrees in Orlando this week. I'm not subjecting the world to me in shorts. So you had to pull the socks over your pants so everybody can see them. I might do that, yeah. How are you mentally preparing for Celebration being just days away? I don't think it's sunk in really that it's really real and it's only a couple days away. So I have a feeling it's going to be like Wednesday morning and I'm going to realize that it's actually Wednesday and I'll frantically try to make sure I didn't forget anything. But getting excited, checking the schedule every day to see what they're adding. Yeah, I just keep thinking about what I need to bring so I don't forget it. Pretty much as long as you don't forget your badge, you're okay. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even think about getting my badge <laughs> or my uh, Disney ticket. I have them like safely tucked away and I totally didn't even think about getting those out. So yes. thank you. Some listener tips and suggestions and questions coming up for celebration because it's it's intimidating. It's crazy to go. Like it's any giant convention like this. How do you prepare? You know, even if you go to Comic Cons a lot or other things, those are usually 
maybe two days, maybe three days. It's at least one day longer than you're used to, so. It's like one day longer and 1,000 times crazier. Star Wars and conventions have been around longer than I think people realize. Because when you think of like sci-fi conventions, most of the time people think of Comic-Cons or Star Trek has a huge history with conventions. But Star Wars has been involved in it, not as heavily as comics and Trek, but for quite a while. And it has a kind of an interesting history. Right. Especially since wasn't that a lot of the marketing kind of before... Star Wars came out, right, was they did some Comic-Con type things before the movie came out just to kind of build up hype, right? It seems like the very first time Star Wars and a convention kind of got together. It started in 76, the year before the movie came out, shortly after A New Hope wrapped filming. Um, Mark Hamill and Charles Lippincott, who was the advertising publicity supervisor for, um, for A New Hope for Star Wars... They were just going around with Gary Kurtz and hustling Star Wars at a bunch of um, sci-fi cons around America in in the winter of 76. And there's a fascinating video that's on YouTube of Hamill, Lippincott, and Kurtz at um, the Mid-Americon in Kansas City in 76. And they're doing a QA and a just about this new movie coming out called Star Wars. I'd like to introduce you now to producer Gary Kurtz. And the star of the film, Mark Hamill, plays Luke Skywalker. Yes. I don't want to throw Grand Glass into this, but are you people actually intending to uh, lay lay on us a cliched plot again? It's marvelous special effects, but where the hell is the plot in any of these science fiction movies? Depends on what you mean by plot. This is this is an action adventure story. It's set in outer space, just like John Carter Hello. Mars or Flash Gordon or or any other action adventure. It's not a science-oriented story. There's somewhere out there, there's people who were at that panel with Gary Kurtz and Charles Lippincott and Mark Hamill. Yeah, and just sitting there going, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me why I should care about this movie called Star Wars. Right. Yes. How do you handle those, those light swords for the movie? Very carefully. How do you use them when you fight with them? Well, they're, they're, they're used like samurai swords are. They're large swords. You don't duel with them like Three Musketeers style. And they bounce off each other, in other words? No, the beam is about three or four feet long, and it works like a regular sword. They cut, they cut through things, and when they hit each other, they spark and arc. Has a decision been made about a composer for the film? Yes, John Williams is a composer. He did Jaws. <laughs> the score will be, we hope that the score will be uh, uh, a large orchestra, a romantic score, in the Max Steiner, Ernst Korngold, Alfred Newman tradition. There's no electronic music. Is it going to be as good as Silent Running? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's like the that first making of Star Wars documentary. Like, it's it's just weird to think about the world when people didn't know what this was, or at most, it was you know. A single film it wasn't this uh thing that's been around for you know longer than people's lives at this point i don't know i can't i just can't imagine like them showing like a slideshow with pictures of stormtroopers and tuscan raiders and darth vader and x-wings and be like and not have it be so like engraved in popular culture as it is now i mean that, and that's a unique perspective that kind of we have because we both born in like the late 70s, we can't remember a time without Star Wars. Right. It was, it's been there as long as we've been here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, what, the end of AI. We got to go find the, the last 
person who was alive before there was Star Wars and simulate them to see what it felt like. (laughs) (laughs) We got to go to the place where dreams are born. Yeah. So Star Wars didn't kind of have a major convention presence again until 1987 when there was the 10th anniversary convention at the Concourse Hotel in Los Angeles on May 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Crazy. It was almost 30 years ago, and the guests were Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, Billy Dee Williams, Ralph McQuarrie was there, and George Lucas, and Gene Roddenberry showed up. There were panels on special effects. There was a whole big slideshow about the soon-to-be-opened-up Star Tours ride in Disney. There was a Lucasfilm prop exhibit. I mean, it really was a precursor to Celebration. Yeah, I was going to say, that seems like that's kind of Star Wars Celebration Zero. Like, that's kind of the template that they followed when they brought back the, uh, the official Star Wars Celebrations. I was reading, I think I even had a subscription to Starlog around that time. And I remember all the advertisements for the 10th anniversary of Star Wars. And I remember reading about the convention. Just being like, man, I want to go to that. Can you imagine yeah, I mean, we, if we were like 10 years old and we went to that? We would probably be dead. It's probably for the best. We would have just <laughs> caught on fire and floated up into the sky. <laughs> I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> Wow, Poochie came from another planet? Uh, I guess. It's just so different than what we get now where, you know, even if you can't go to these things, you at least get to see videos of it, either official videos or someone's got their cell phone there. Like, yeah, it had to be pretty a special thing to actually be there in person back then. It's interesting, too, how, like, uh, as Star Wars fandom grows and changes and becomes more diverse, the conventions change. There aren't a whole lot of pictures from the 10th anniversary convention, but like there are some great photos of people wearing homemade stormtrooper outfits and X-Wing pilot outfits, like decades before the 501st or the Rebel Legion existed. And it's like that was always there, but it just it hadn't been organized yet. I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah, because it's neat to see, like you're saying, that how similar things are now to how they used to be. But then, you know, just contrasting that to with all the time that's passed, how things have kind of become more organized and kind of there's a structure to it, but the the roots of it go yeah, all the way back to, you know, at least 80, 86, 87, if not before that, I mean, mm-hmm. right after the movies came out. the mother of that kid went into labor during the uh, while she was watching the original Star Wars. Uh, she and Dad had the good taste not to name him Darth or Luke. But there is a Darth Vader here. Uh, Darth, you are an imposing figure by anybody's standards, but even though he's here, we have to have 18 New York cops and two sergeants to keep charge. Who are you really? Um, my name is Danny Fitzpatrick. I've been doing this kind of thing for years. I'm You're not crazy. paid by the theater or anything, Oh, right? hell no. I just do it because I love it. All right. Yeah, and then after that, there was uh, kind of in the mid-90s, so maybe another 10 years after the 10 years celebration, right, was uh, the Men Behind the Mask tour, which I think kind of teamed up. Was it its own thing, or did it team up with other conventions? Because I I don't know that that was even officially Lucasfilm. It was just somebody had the idea of let's get all the guys who aren't the main stars, basically the guys in the suits, and uh, bring them on a tour. Yeah, I want to say it was part of like creation and their uh, their Star Trek conventions, but the creation also put on the tenth anniversary show. But I mean, that time in the mid nineties, it was Chewbacca and Return of the Jedi. It was wild and loose for Star Wars at that yeah. time. It wasn't it wasn't the strict thing that it kind of is today or became later. Was, yeah, because I think when the one we went to, I think it was all that right because we. All the merchandise was Star Wars, I think, right? And mm-hmm. I don't remember there being any other panels or things. It was just, who did we saw? Kenny Baker and Peter Mayhew, right? He wasn't Jeremy Bullock there, too, was he? Maybe? 
if he was, I don't think we saw him talk. Maybe no. he was there a different. Maybe he was there a different day than we were there. Yeah, I, we <laughs> we were just more concerned about Kenny Baker and Peter Mayhew. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and our minds were thoroughly blown after that. That I don't think uh, George Lucas could have walked out, and we might not have noticed. <laughs> Kenny Baker's leather pants kind of put us in a coma. But I remember listening to an interview with Sansweet, and he was saying that he was at a lot of those Men Behind the Mask tours, and he was working with Lucasfilm at the time. So maybe it was like a loose agreement with Lucasfilm, but with Sansweet being behind that, I wonder if some of that led to Celebration 1, where it was kind of like, listen, there's Star Wars fandom was growing at that time. Anticipation yeah. of the, the special editions and especially the prequels. And I wonder if there was kind of like, listen, we can do, we could do a whole Star Wars convention. I can totally see it because it's, I mean, it's almost the convention version of releasing the special editions where they kind of reaffirmed that there was a, the fans were still out there and they were still hungry for new stuff that, yeah, if Peter Mayhew can draw people to a convention, then if we do an official one and we have, you know, we're promoting a, a brand new movie, then yeah, that's something that should happen. So that led to Denver, Colorado, April 30th through May 2nd, Celebration 1, which we were not at. Yeah, the mysterious Celebration 1, <laughs> which we we may go more in depth with some at some point because it is kind of, I think, a mystery because I don't think a lot of people went because they weren't really sure what it was. And then it was outside and it rained. Like, there's, there's a lot of drama, I think, to the Celebration 1. If you uh, dig into it, Star Wars unsolved mystery. What really yeah. happened in the mud of Denver, Colorado? I I want that was the week I, I graduated from college that weekend, and it was just it was not going to happen. Why didn't what, what was going on with you? Why did you ever think about going to uh, Celebration One? I think I was just too caught up in just waiting for the movie to come out. Yeah, like I don't even know. I don't even know if I remembered that it was going to happen until either it was like about like the week before or after it already happened, just reading like, Oh, there was a star Wars convention in Colorado. Like I just wasn't even on my radar. It, and it, it's tough being, I was being a college student and swinging a plane ride to Denver, Colorado on your own. That's a tough thing to pull off. You got a lot going on. I was in art school. There's no way they don't give you time off in art school. So the next one, May 3rd through the 5th, Indianapolis, Celebration 2. We were there, 75,000 people. Gabe, what, do you, what, do you, what are your memories of Celebration 2? Oh, man. But yeah, definitely after missing out on Celebration 1 um, and then being totally in prequel fever after Phantom Menace, realizing that there was going to be a Celebration 2. And for us, right, it was in Indianapolis which we could drive to if we wanted to. I think I did drive to it, right? I don't remember if you drove that oh. time. Or if, yeah, I think we drove the first time. Mm-hmm. There was like no way we weren't going to go. It's all a blur. <laughs> so that period of time between episode one and episode two, I kind of look back on that period of time, and that's when I think my Star Wars obsessiveness was at its highest. I could see that. I think it's the same for me. I think it's kind of the the prequels came out and you either got really mad and didn't like <laughs> Star Wars anymore or you got the fever hard and you were just kind of going nuts. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yes, I want to go to Indianapolis for nonstop Star Wars. We were driving through cornfields to get to Men Behind the Mask. And then all of a sudden this huge convention center just filled with the craziest of the crazy people. And then just how official it was with Rick McCollum there showing, you know, clips from the movie that, that on a big digital projector, you know, mind blowing. We went to the Hayden Christensen panel. Remember, wasn't it called like Meet Hayden Christensen at Celebration 2? Probably. I don't even remember that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that all week when they were saying how Hayden Christensen, you know, it's the first time in 15 years. I was like, oh, it must have been Celebration 2. I, I don't even remember. I just remember it because Anthony Daniels was the host, like the MC, And I remember somebody stood up and asked Hayden Christensen what it was like kissing Natalie Portman. 
and it was kind of close to us. And Anthony Daniels <laughs> snatched the microphone away from the guy and said something really like, like another fantastic question from a Star Wars fan. And it, people around us were like, boo. I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I remember that now because I remember <laughs> that question. I just, I remember Hayden Christensen coming out on stage and I remember Tamil Morrison was up there with them. I remember Hayden Christensen being, somebody asked a question like, how weird is it now? Like your face is on everything. And he was like, I went to the store with some friends of mine and my face was on a bag of Doritos. That was weird. I remember sitting in the audience being like, man, is this Anakin Skywalker? Is this going to (laughs) work? How is it? I, I trust George Lucas to. I would trust George Lucas with my life. I try. I never met the guy, but I trust the guy. But I don't know about Hayden Christensen. But I love him now, and we'll get to that soon. <laughs> yeah. There's. It's like uh, Leia talking about her mother. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> feelings and <laughs> images <laughs> images because it was just like it was overwhelming because it was i remember going into the um like just the show floor where there was all the people had booths and tables and and just being like wait a second this is like you know going to a comic-con where they have there's like the two dudes that just have star wars stuff but this is like a hundred tables and every one of them only has star wars stuff like it it just yeah it was overwhelming but and it's crazy to think of Celebration 2 now and compare that to Anaheim two years ago. Yeah, because even jumping ahead to Celebration 3, like just the jump in amount of panels and what they were and the amount of people, even though it was the same, it was still the same convention center in Indianapolis, like it was a lot more crowded, there was a lot more panels. With Celebration 2, one thing, the Rick McCallum Spectacular, which we mentioned, I think it's a rule we have to mention every five episodes of Blast Points. Yeah, at least. Is Celebration 2... When he showed the Yoda footage, and you took off your shoe and shook it in the air. <laughs> yeah, people were going crazy. It was a life-changing moment. And I it think was. at that moment right there, as if we weren't Star Wars crazy enough, Rick, Mahan- Rick McCallum single-handedly on stage like made us sign a, a contract with Star Wars in blood at that moment. <laughs> we were basically, they had our soul for life <laughs> and for all time. Because, yeah, it was perfect. It was like... You're in a, and it wasn't even that big of a room, right? You're like in this little room. Oh, yeah, there's, small. there's, you know, crazy Rick McCollum, who you've only seen in Insider in the flesh, yelling at you on stage. Yeah, yelling just ridiculous nonsense about what's going to be in the movie, making false uh, promises, swearing. Yeah, everything he does best. Smoking a cigarette, drinking Jack Daniels on stage, smashing the yeah. bottle on the floor, just bringing up people from the crowd to arm wrestle them, keg stands. Yeah, yeah. Just like everything. <laughs> But then, yeah, topping it off with, you know, they had a giant theater projector in this tiny little room just showing random clips from Attack of the Clones, like with no context and just some music over it. Yeah, I think if anything people will get out of this episode is that Celebration will mess you up. (laughs) (laughs) And you may never recover. You're listening. If you're like going to it this week, cherish this time in your life right now when you're pre-celebration because you're going to come out of this road a different person yes you'll be changed (laughs) which leads us to celebration three same place, like we were saying, April 21st to the 24th, 2005. Gabe, what do you remember? I think we waited in line to see George Lucas. In the rain. In the rain, Mr. Lucas. <laughs> oh, we sure did. Yep, we got, as a precursor of things to come, we got in line. Do you remember we tried to sleep? We were like, oh, yeah, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to bed really early and sleep and then get up and then go get in line for George Lucas at 2 a.m., and I don't think we slept at all. We went out in the dark. And this was, you know, before they thought about, oh, maybe we should have a place where people can wait inside in line. Because yeah. <laughs> we were like, I want to say like a couple blocks away, the line was so long, right? Like we weren't even like just in front of the building. We were like across the street and around the corner. I remember walking up to the line 
and it was so long and so massive, we couldn't figure out, we were asking people, where does the line end? And then there were like, we'd be walking in one direction, and then you'd see a group of people walking the other direction. No one knew what was going on. Yeah, but luckily, I think they, they kept adding more time slots for the Lucas panel because there were so many people in line. Like, I want to say there was, the original schedule was for one or two, and they added at least a third one, right? If not mm-hmm. four, I um, which was a very nice thing of them to do because, you know, people were out in the in the rain. I swear we were in the second one because I remember we were waiting to get in and we saw the people walking out of the first Lucas panel. And I remember like looking at people's faces, trying to gauge reaction. And that's when he first announced that there was going to be a 3D animated Clone Wars show way yeah. back in 2005. Yeah, which is crazy to think about, like. Sith wasn't even out yet, and they're already teasing you with the post-Revenge of the Sith Star Wars universe. And he said there was going to be the live-action TV show. We're still waiting. Yeah, in some ways, though, that has kind of morphed into the standalone movies. Hello, George. Uh, First off, how many fans would like to see a Star Wars TV series? So in the advent of a dirty word, Star Trek, going off the air, there are more efforts into a Star Wars uh, television series. Well, we've been talking uh, about Star Wars TV series. Um, We're working on one right now, which is Clone Wars, which has been on the air, and we're going to try to expand that into a half an hour of uh, 3D animation. And uh, and then we're also working on a live-action series, a spin-off, not with the main characters, but with other characters from the Star Wars universe. Uh, and uh, that will be uh, trying to put that together in the next year, and then we have to uh, write a year's worth of scripts so we can do it the way we did Young Indiana Jones. Thank you. Yes. I don't know. I just remember Celebration 3. It was more organized. There was. I remember that we went to the big opening ceremony. Remember that? Yeah. The guy and- came out and did... Um, Star Wars in 10 seconds or something and everyone sang the Weird Al song and yeah yeah it was getting really weird <laughs> um, but right didn't Celebration 3 have Captain Typho as the host yes so you know everyone's favorite Attack of the Clones superstar they remembered <laughs> bringing everyone wants more Typho because I save everything I have my old programs from both of the Indianapolis conventions And it's crazy going back and, like, kind of looking at some of the panels that were there. Like, our buddy Kevin Rubio did a whole panel about troops. Uh, Hayden Christensen, like, called up from Italy and did, like, a whole, like, video thing. There was a a panel called The Bad Girls of Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Did we go to that? No, we did not. Uh, Holocron Keeper Leland Chi had a whole panel about keeping being keeper of the holocron. Do you remember which one was it two or three? I want to say it was three that had even more like down and dirty making of special effects things. Yeah, that, I think that was definitely three because there was like a whole panel about the episode three art department. Like Lauren Peterson had a panel. There was a panel called Noel Vision Inside yes. Revenge of the Sith. Mood and lighting for Revenge of the Sith from early concept to final frame. The Timothy Zahn had a panel, like so. The, I feel like the the tone of kind of and the theme of the panels really kind of got their start at Celebration Three. They kind of figured out, I guess, what the different kind of sections of uh, interest people had. Yeah, and kind of tried to have a variety of stuff. Collecting the stars behind the scenes, panels just all about fandom kid-based stuff. It was it kind of took that whole idea to the next level around there. You know, I talked about last time if I had access to time travel, going back and getting some Star Wars t-shirts, and I would still do that, but I would also I'd want to go back to Celebration 2 and 3 and just go to the panels. Oh, yeah. No, I would I would be there with you in the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do it. Because I don't even think they thought to record those back then, did they? Like, oh, I, I wonder if... Well, no, I think they... 
at least at Celebration 3, right? Haven't, aren't there video clips floating around of some of the George Lucas panel? Oh, yeah. The Lucas panel was all filmed and everything. But um, some of those little ones, I mean, it's like what we were saying before, though. Like, fandom has changed. Like, now what is said at a panel at Celebration, more than just the people that are going to Celebration want to know about that. There's people all over the world everywhere now that are more passionate about Star Wars than they were in 2005. But I just, you know, thinking about, you know, how much everyone, Star Wars fans love Star Wars behind the scenes, not film stuff. And, you know, if they released a Celebration Blu-ray set of just, you know, all the old panels, like, oh, watch that again. Celebration 2 panels on, even on VHS or something. It's fine. I'll, you know, I'll go find a, dig up a VCR just to watch it. I would cry. That that came out. Thank you. Okay, so after Celebration 3, there were a bunch of celebrations we did not go to. There was Celebration 4 in Los Angeles, May 24th through 28th. Celebration 5, which was in Orlando, John Stewart and George Lucas in August, the 30th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. And then there was Celebration 6, also in Orlando, where I feel like kind of the big thing was that, like, Detours was announced. It might have been. I kind of wish we went to that one now, now that Detours (laughs) is frozen in carbonite somewhere. Why didn't we go to those? I think, well, there were no new films, so we were kind of in the, the morning phase of Star Wars where... We still loved its memories, but we knew there wasn't any new stuff. So, <laughs> you know, we made peace with with our lives. And then I think it just it was far. We were spoiled by spoiled by being in Michigan and Illinois. That um, you know, Indianapolis was so close. L.A. and Orlando are you know it's a haul. Without a new movie, it wasn't as exciting. Even though I'm sure it was exciting. Well, and we we were talking before we started recording. You got married right after Revenge of the Sith. So did I. Kind of after we thought Star Wars was done, except for Clone Wars. You know, kind of got married, had kids, kind of did normal people stuff. And it worked out brilliantly because we got all that stuff taken care of before, like, Force Awakens and the new blitz of Star Wars could happen. Because I couldn't imagine having, like, a little baby right now. I'd have to be like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do this baby. There's Star Wars stuff to watch. <laughs> this, not, baby's got, this baby's got to take care of itself. We're not serious. No, no <laughs> we, we always feed our children. <laughs> yeah, but that is a good point. I mean, we both had young children at the time, and it was kind of, it would have been a big deal to find the time to go. And it was like, well, there's no new movies. Four was tempting because being in L.A., you know, there was the the promise of, I think that's when we got Mark Hamill and some of the original trilogy actors, kind of the bigger actors that weren't at, you know, two and three, because two and three were kind of focusing on the new movies. I thought that that was kind of a, that made it exciting, right? Yeah. Like that felt like, I thought, wasn't that even one of the anniversaries of New Hope? Like it was, I think it was the 30th. Right. So it was kind of, that was the draw of that one that, you know, it was, it was an anniversary of a new hope. I think Mark Hamill was there, maybe some other people. So, and I'll say this celebration six. My daughter was two when that was going on, and I downloaded the Celebration app on my phone, even though I wasn't going, and I made a fake schedule. If I would be going, what panels I would be going to. So I feel like by the time Celebration 6 came along, I was starting to get the itch again. I was starting to get the fever, and I was like, I kind of want to go to a Celebration again. Yeah, because it was hard reading about what was going on and what was there. And me like, oh, man, it would have been cool to be there. Now Anaheim comes along. Star Wars Celebration, what's up? wants to see a new teaser. Yeah. 
it was this new chapter of Disney Star Wars, we really didn't know what to expect. And, it was, yeah. and, and we were kind of almost like, well, we're going to go. We got to go. And maybe this will be the last celebration we ever go to. Or maybe it won't. It was the first celebration not under Lucas. And it was unknown. It was kind of like, well, yeah, what is this going to be like? How is this going to feel weird? If anything, Anaheim, for me, was a sequel to Celebration 2 because it was like I signed yet another contract in blood. Yeah, it was like we renewed our vows with Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) After all these years, we still love you. And, and we'll marry you all over again. Santa Anaheim scrambled my brain for four days. I wasn't ready. I look back. That's like a lost weekend because I was insane for four days. Yeah. Well, not even four days because I remember being back home and just like still being in a daze, in celebration days of was it real? Was it a dream? I can't stop thinking about Force Awakens. Buzzing. Yeah. What's Orlando going to do? What's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Just a few days. But yeah, it was like I was saying, we we didn't know, was it like you watching Clone Wars in the theater? You know, were we going to even like Star Wars after <laughs> Celebration 7? And yeah, we still did. And yeah, it kicked it into overdrive, into over overdrive. When it reaffirmed kind of any any doubts, any fears you might have about the new era of Star Wars, it just wiped that clean. Yeah, because they did it right. I mean. Little things of giving people pizza who are waiting in line, the panels, you know, having the whole cast on stage, Kathleen Kennedy coming out, J.J. Abrams, like, you know, they weren't holding back, and, and I think people appreciated it. Let's talk about Orlando. Let's talk about some of the panels that we're excited about that we're, that we're going to try to be at. Let's try and figure this out real quick. All right. Well, of course, you know, 40 years of Star Wars, which kind of tripped me up a bit because up until, what, just a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, it's going to be a 40th anniversary of A New Hope panel. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's a 40th anniversary. You know, what's going to happen? Maybe Lucas will come out. It'll be all about the first film. But then... Lo and behold, it's like, no, this is 40 years of Star Wars, period. Yeah. Ride the party train. In <laughs> <laughs> the conductor's Hayden Christensen. Wait, what? Yeah, as soon as they announced Hayden Christensen's going to be there, it's kind of like, well, okay, it's not. It's. I mean, it was kind of a giveaway when Billy Dee was going to be there and Ian McDermott, but it's like it's not just Star Wars, A New Hope that we're talking about. It's 40 years of the saga. And then you add on that how much Lucasfilm has been hyping this thing, kind of hinting that maybe there's going to be some heavy-duty stuff at this panel. The sand-hating Sith Lord will be joining Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, Mark Hamill, Ian McDermott, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Billy D. Williams on stage for the 40 Years of Star Wars panel. The panel begins at 11 a.m. on Thursday, April 13th, and promises plenty of surprises that will set the tone for the entire weekend at this year's celebration. All we can say is, if you're attending, you will want to be in the room for this one. If you're watching the stream, watch it live. Do not miss this panel. Cannot stress that enough. Watch it. You think they got it? Watch the panel. I think that was it. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. And for all the talk and rumors of Disney going to distance and Disney's distancing themselves from the prequels, they don't care about prequel fans to basically, you know, throw a bone to the prequel fans with Hayden Christensen, like that's they're not holding back. Like No, and I hope that Hayden Christensen Autographs and photos and all that stuff went on sale. Sold out within, like, what, two hours? It was the fastest sellout in Celebration history. And then they added more dates for Hayden Christensen, and those sold out. So if anything, that sends a message that, you know, the popular misconception on the Internet that everyone hates the prequels and they're the worst movies ever made, that's just that's just not true. 
yeah, I think that's a good sign that, you know, Disney is not discounting the prequels and pretending they didn't happen. And they're, you know, even more embracing that part of fandom. I mean, it's weird in Orlando that they're not showing with the film screenings. They're not showing episodes one, two and three at all. But maybe I, I mean, I just hope that this the excitement of adding Hayden Christensen to the panel lineup, the, the, the excitement that that's caused. I wonder if in future celebrations, if that will be a sign that there is a much larger fan base for the prequels than perhaps people realize. Yeah, because I think the the big thing for me with that, too, is it's not like they picked someone less controversial from the prequels. Like, oh, it's Ian McGregor or who's someone else that people like. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> or even, you know, adding uh, Tamil Morrison was nice, but that was kind of like, that's cool. But, you know, he's Django Fett. Everybody likes Django Fett, right? Maybe. I don't know. Right. I do. Yeah, but adding Anakin, kind of the face, even though he was only in two of the three, kind of the face of the prequels in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, and one of the people the the people who don't like the prequels like to bring up as a person they don't like from the prequels. So, I mean, it's the only thing more in your face than Hayden Christensen would be just having Ahmed Best, you know, host the entire show. Which I would love, but, you know. There's, there's always... Celebration 9. <laughs> oh, Misa. Misa, no Jar Jar. So, Gabe, what are your predictions for the 40th anniversary? What do you, th- what do you imagine happening? I really am kind of at a loss because, you know, the whole time, like I said, I was thinking it was going to be all about A New Hope. Um, and now just kind of I got to think there's just maybe recapping you know, highlights of 40 years of Star Wars, of what the different film, because Dave Filoni's there, they're going to be talking about the animated stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Like, I mean, I think it's interesting. You look at the schedule for Orlando and there's no future filmmakers. There's no future of the saga panel. What if Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover come out and the directors of the Han Solo movie? What if Ewan McGregor comes out and says, the next Star Wars, you know, Obi-Wan movie is going to be 2020. I don't, you know, like, if Daisy Ridley, John Boyega come out, and if it is on stage really 40 years of Star Wars through the creative people and the casts all together on one stage for the first time, I mean, that would be one heck of a way to open up Star Wars Celebration. I can see that happening because, yeah, now that it is like, Here's everything Star Wars. And it makes a lot more sense to me now how they're that this is opening up the convention, because I think you and I had talked about with episode seven, like it made sense. The first panel, the first big thing was the Force Awakens panel, the unveiling of the trailer and kind of setting the tone for the rest of the weekend. And then with the 40 years being first, it was kind of like this is kind of weird to have a new hope panel the first day and the Force Awakens stuff not or Last Jedi stuff not kicking in until the second day. Like, how are they going to do that? How are they going to have the props room? Because that was the big reveal right. after Force Awakens was, oh, by the way, there's props from the movie and you can go see them you know, immediately after this panel. Um, so I think you were mentioning I mean, some of the, the rumors people are, are having is that, yeah, that maybe The Last Jedi trailer is actually going to be at the 40 years panel and they're going to kind of unleash all the big guns right off the bat. People are saying that perhaps at The Last Jedi trailer there'll be a behind the scenes or maybe even a scene from the last Jedi. Well, that will be more strictly in depth on just that movie where the 40th is going to be everything. What were some other panels that you were excited about? Well, not specifically a panel, but I think it's exciting for Whitaker's there. I think anytime you get people who you don't completely associate with Star Wars and mm-hmm. someone that's you know successful outside of Star Wars, it's cool that he's making an appearance. Um, and anyone that wants to get their Battlefield Earth merchandise signed <laughs> finally has an opportunity. Excuse me, but I am your instructor if you will forgive such arrogance, for I do not have the honor to be a cyclone. 
but then I mean anything with John Noel in it, I'm excited for. I think there's at least one or two panels he'll he'll show up in. Yeah, on Thursday there's the the Doug Chang production design of Rogue One at four mm-hmm. o'clock. That could be really interesting. Um, yeah, because some of his talks were some of the the more interesting ones at Celebration Seven. I wish on Friday that we could say we were going to the making of Rogue One panel at one thirty, but it's right after the Last Jedi panel and i think we'll be absolutely exhausted we'll try <laughs> <laughs> on uh on saturday though you've heard us talk about it before at two thirty is the behind the scenes of the cantina yeah that's not to be missed if if you're at celebration and have the opportunity it's possibly one of the most mind-blowing panels you'll ever experience in your life maybe i'm hyping it up way too much probably well, <laughs> unless i mean if you're really into digging deep on just the weirdness of Star Wars and especially of A New Hope, like they go super deep in the cantina. Super um, weird. Super weird figuring out who the actors are that play the obscure background characters. They always have some behind the scenes thing you've never seen before um, and make a point of showing things that are never showed on shown online mm-hmm. um, and that you can only see when they do these panels. It's like Pablo Hidalgo heaven. He's talking up there and it's like, you're walking inside Pablo's brain for an hour. And speaking of really deep, also on Saturday at 5 p.m. is the art of Japanese Star Wars vegetable carving. Yes. Blast points will probably be there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Okisuga Kado from Japan will share his love of Star Wars through his cuisine. He says, I would like to introduce Star Wars vegetable carving, which I created for my friends and myself. I've been making Star Wars vegetable carving for over 11 years. Is the meeting of the most advanced and creative movie universe, Star Wars, with the Japanese analog cooking technique of Mukimano. Can't miss it, people. Can't miss it. It's going to be good. And I've, I've seen photos of what he makes. It's going to be incredible and possibly edible. So <laughs> <laughs> he's going to put the edible and incredible. Maybe we can get a Star Wars cucumber out of the deal. Yeah. And that may be the only vegetables we get all week. <laughs> if somebody's listening to this and they've never been to a celebration before, what is it? What's a what's a tip you would have for like a newcomer or even like a veteran? Be prepared to walk a lot and stand a lot. Yes. Bring snacks. Yes. Because. You're going to be standing in line, and you're going to be hungry, and you're not going to be anywhere near food. <laughs> and if you can find food, convention food is not always the best, or you're going to be waiting in another line to get food to eat before you go into another line. Understandably, veterans talk about the lines to try and prepare newcomers because the lines can be daunting and intimidating. I know they were for us at Celebration 2, but I have found... And maybe we stress this through our talk of past celebrations that the best things that happen sometimes at celebrations are not the things you plan on. Yes. It's the things that you didn't know were going to happen. Sometimes even the things that happen outside of celebration in hotel lobbies, people you run into, things, you, you know, things, crazy things that are all still based around Star Wars. But... It's the things you don't plan on that sometimes are the most fun and the most memorable. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if you really don't like waiting in lines, there are plenty of things to do that there won't be a line for. Because they do a really good job of, you know, they have the big panel, but it's not like during the big panel there isn't 10 other things going on. So there's always something else to do if the thing you want to do is just, you know, it's sold out. Not sold out, but, you know, if the line's too long, whatever. And then just the fact that, yeah, just going to the show floor and just browsing all the booths. Like, you can spend two days doing that and have a blast, even if you didn't go to any of the panels, and just seeing the fans walking around. Anaheim, we were there for four days, and I swear when I was walking around on Sunday, I was just walking around the general show floor, and I was like, I've been here for three days already, and there were things I just didn't see. Yeah, because I I had to leave on Sunday, and I remember talking to you later that day, and you took basically all the things you found that we didn't see. It was like I felt like I missed... I felt like I missed a lot, actually, which is why I'm making sure I'm going to be there Sunday this time. Because, yeah, there's just there's so much stuff everywhere that, yeah, four days in, you're going to still find stuff that you didn't know was there. Celebration is so big, so massive that literally no matter what 
area of Star Wars you find interesting, there's four days worth of stuff there for just you. Yeah, there's something for everyone and probably too much stuff for everyone. (laughs) It could be seven days long and you'd still feel like there was more to see. Oh, I wish it was seven days. I think families would be ruined. Yeah. Marriages would collapse and bank accounts would be shattered. But those seven days would be awesome. (laughs) So I asked on Twitter to some of our listeners if they had any... um, if they're veterans, if they had any tips, or if they have never been to a celebration, they had some questions. And let's run through some of them real quick. Uh, our friend Emily asks, "This is a very good question. Do you wear a Star Wars shirt every day, or is it like how you can't wear the shirt of the band you're seeing in concert?" I would think if you're not wearing a Star Wars shirt, you look like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wore an Indiana Jones shirt on Sunday of Anaheim. And I remember even that was kind of like, wait, what is that? What well, is what for, is this Indiana Jones you speak of? There was some pretty sweet indie stuff stuck in because you remember there was the Indiana Jones like crew jacket we saw the guy was selling. Yes, I. That <laughs> unfortunately was two sizes too small for you. I tra- tried to convince myself, I, maybe if I shrink my entire body, yeah, maybe could have get some ribs removed. <laughs> So I can fit into an Indiana Jones Lucasfilm crew jacket. Yeah. But at least you're keeping it Lucasfilm. I think if you keep it Lucasfilm, you're good. Well, and you have a long history of homemade T-shirts. Yes. Well, which I stole the idea from you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you just got too lazy to keep doing it. I think it was uh, Celebration 3. I made some some iron-on shirts where I had, um, I can't get enough of Tarful. Boss Nass is the boss, and I had Star Wars rules with a Z. Yes, you did. I think you had a Grievous. You had a Grievous shirt too. I think. Yeah, I don't remember what that was. I think it was like "I love you, General Grievous" or something. And you can't forget Qui Gon is fresh. Qui Gon is fresh. That was Celebration Two. Yeah, so I was yeah. making homemade shirts back for Celebration Two. Also, yeah. yeah, I'm too lazy. But you had some choice ones. You had um, his name was Nakitula from the world famous <laughs> Sweetheart deleted scene of Attack yeah. of the Clones. Yeah. See that little one I'm holding? His name was Nakitulo, which means sweetheart. He was so full of life. Yeah, which was very confusing to some people. (laughs) (laughs) I think we almost got into a fight with that one. Didn't Um, you have a a Celebration 3, this is Felucia Country, with Ric Flair? Was it Ric Flair on a... Yes, yeah, it was Ric Flair riding on uh, one of the slugs from Felucia. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) No one really figured that one out either. <laughs> Lazy Padawan wrote, wear comfortable shoes, and if you can, get a small, lightweight camp stool. It beats sitting and sitting on the floor while waiting in a long line. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. A lady Jedi scientist wrote, last day is great for bargain hunting. Leave plenty of time between events, 30 minutes to an hour, Bring uh, your bat. Bring spare battery for your phone. That's yeah, yeah. Because the odds of finding an an outlet somewhere to charge up is probably zero. Yes, I'm bringing four external phone batteries. I am not messing around. <laughs> I only have three. <laughs> JJ Rodrigo writes: It's been 12 years since my last celebration. Do I have to sleep online? To get into the 40th in Jedi panels, someone handed me a wristband to see Lucas. Uh, I would say yes. Those, the big panels, prepare to wait in line a lot. He also wrote, my fondest memories of Celebration 3 were socializing with with like-minded Star Wars fans, take pictures and talk about theories and such with new friends. Uh, Michael writes, patience, like a Jedi must have patience. Know there will be lines. I have witnessed people losing their minds at Celebration. Have fun. That's what you're saying. Don't be afraid of the lines. Because if anything, it's not every day you're waiting in line with other crazy Star Wars fans. Just imagine you're in a party that's just moving slowly. (laughs) Andrew (laughs) writes, don't over plan. Schedule is jam-packed and you'll always find something, even if your number one thing doesn't doesn't work out. Keep it loose. Keep it wild and loose like Chewbacca. Do it Uh, like Chewie. 
Brandon writes, make friends with those around you. Everyone there likes Star Wars in some way, so be social, especially while waiting in a long line. I would agree with that. Like, when we were in the line for the Force Awakens panel, chatting with those people, that was awesome. Yeah, chatting with people next to you. Chances are someone is going to be watching the movies on an iPad nearby. (laughs) (laughs) You can just zone out and peek around the corner and do that. There's yeah, it's it's a party. And finally, Charlie Charlie Ashby writes, "Don't cross the streams, don't feed after midnight, and don't worry too much about missing a panel. Most are live streamed and recorded." Yeah, cuz as many panels as we went to at Celebration 7, there still were probably just as many that we watched online when we got home. Mhm. Yeah, so I think the overriding theme is just keep it fun and do what you want to do. And if you're in a panel and it's not exciting you, just Get up, walk into another one. I'm going to go find something cool to do. Yeah. I just want to know when the Blu-ray, when the unaltered trilogy is coming out on (laughs) Blu-ray. If you're not going to tell me, I'm out of here. It's a preview of the new Star Wars movie, Return of the Jedi. And you could be there if you're one of five grand prize winners in Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi sweepstakes. Grand prize also includes Kenner's complete Star Wars Return of the Jedi collection. Entry deadline April 1st, 1983. Thousands enter. Only five win the grand prize. Details on posters and entry blanks at participating stores. Your entry gives you a chance to be one of the first to see... Return of the Jedi. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. If you if you do run into us at Celebration, we have stickers. Yes. Awesome stickers. Put it on your face, put it on your chest. You can say you actually met Jason and Gabe. You saw us both in the same place at the same time. It's rare. It is. And we'll be recording all around Celebration, um, just random stuff here and there. So the next episode will be a compilation of everything that um, interviews and talks and observations from the floor of celebration and i know episodes usually come out on tuesdays but i'm saying right now people i'm not gonna be doing much that monday after celebration so i think that episode will probably come out on that wednesday because i'm gonna be tired <laughs> it's good you need like two days of fluids yeah <laughs> <laughs> just to sit up but yeah uh, check our our facebook page for photos but yeah facebook instagram we should be able to flood that with uh with photos the blast points twitter and it's also great ways to get a hold of us during that time yeah and don't forget even if you're not going to uh plan some time on the weekend to just catch the live streams go to starwars.com i'm sure there's going to be a lot of big news mm-hmm. a lot of great a lot of great videos interviews it's it's a star wars party wherever you are <laughs> and leave us a review on itunes too if you got star wars fever during Celebration Madness, be like, you know what I'm going to do with this Star Wars fever? Yeah. Go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review for Blast Points so they'll read it on an upcoming show. But yeah, I think that's about it for episode 68. We got to go get some sleep, get ready for Celebration. Take our vitamins, do Sarah, some stretches. Say our prayers, take our vitamins. Thank you folks for listening to episode 68. If you're going to Orlando, we'll see you there, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, see you soon. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Thank you.